Okay. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise your name. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise your name, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise your name. One of the things that um, last night when I was going to sleep, trying to go to sleep, and I was worried about so many things, <laughs> and um, the Lord really spoke to my heart about the Holy Communion and how I'm neglecting it in my home. And um, as you all know, like when, Ho when Hovid, that's what we should call it. We shouldn't even call it by its name. <laughs> we shouldn't even give it that kind of recognition. But when that evil disease, COVID, corona, came, and um, I started having communion like every day and several times a day sometimes. And, you know, when we're in crisis, when we're in trouble, we go to the Lord, and that's good. <laughs> That is where we should go. But another thing that it does when we partake of the body and the blood of Jesus is it empowers us to walk with him because he comes into us by faith. When we partake of the bread, the body, and we partake of the blood, the wine, he comes into our inner being and that is where the healing comes from. So we should never neglect it. If anything, if you're worried, if you're concerned, if you're uh, depressed, if you're fearful, if you're, you know, you think of all the emotions that the enemy can try to tempt you with. And one of the things you got to realize is if, if you feel like you're depressed, it doesn't even mean you're depressed. It means you're being tempted to be depressed, okay? So you rebuke the enemy. You rebuke him and you tell him to get out. If you're angry, it does, if you start to feel anger, it do, you really, you're being tempted because you're a child of God. You're a child of God, the most high God. But because God gives us freedom to choose, he can't stop temptation from coming our way because we have to always be able to choose. And so every time a temptation comes, right away we just say, Lord, in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. And we cast away any darkness. We cast away anything that would come against your child, your children. And one wonderful way that we know, right, Effie, that the Lord gave us 
to give us power, to give us supernatural power so we'll be superheroes for Jesus, right? Do you remember your superhero days? <laughs> well, how do we become a superhero? The Bible says, Jesus says, you have to drink my blood and eat my body. And that's what we do in communion. That's what he told his disciples. This is what I mean. Here's my, I'm giving you my body. And he handed them the bread. And I'm giving you my blood poured out for you. The new covenant. Wow. That's, that's where he told them there was going to be a new covenant. And that was that they could be forgiven of their sin by just coming to Jesus. He was going to redeem us. So today we come and we, we partake of the body and the blood of Jesus. We partake of it. And as we partake of the body, we want to think about and remember those who are sick. If, if you're sick, you lift up that bread and you say in Jesus' name, your body broken for me, that I would be healed. Sickness cannot have a part of me. I won't let it. Sickness be gone in Jesus' name. Be gone in the name of Jesus. And by the body, the broken body of Jesus, it was broken for our healing. He took stripes on his back for our healing. And for the healing of those that we love and pray for in faith. And this morning we just cover those that we love and we pray for. We pray for Elida this morning. Father, that we pray that COVID would be dead in her body. Father, we pray that you would kill the virus by the body of Jesus. And we lift her up to you, Lord. Father, we just lift up... Uh, Phil and Ellie, we lift them up to you this morning. We pray healing, healing in the name of Jesus, complete, top of our head to the bottom of our toes in Jesus' name. His body was shed, or his blood was shed, and his body was broken for a complete healing, not just for, the, not just for partial healing, but for complete healing. So, Lord, we come to you this morning come to you and we thank you and we praise you for the sacrifice that you've made for us for our healing and you said this is my body given for you this is my body given for you do this in remembrance of me so let's break, hold it up and break it in your hands like his body was broken. And we're just going to take it and we're going to eat it. And he is going to heal people this morning in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's partake. Thank you, Lord. Send your healing power out this morning. Lord, in this building and out of this building, in this community, Lord, send your healing power out this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Use us as your instruments of healing to the nations, to the community, to the people.
then Jesus, he took the cup and he said, this is the new covenant. This is the new covenant. It's the promise that he made to us of forgiveness and redemption. He bought us. He bought us with his blood. And he poured it out. And he, what does it say? Which is poured out for you. He poured it out for you this morning. He poured it out for you. He didn't care how good you were this week or what sins you committed. He didn't care. He poured it out for you so that you could be forgiven, washed clean. So, you know, as we partake together, hold up the blood, as we partake of Jesus' blood as it enters in by faith to us, we are cleansed from top to bottom, free. Cleanse means free, free to run, free to play, free to rejoice. So, Lord, we thank you for this cup of the new covenant. In the name of Jesus, we receive it together. Let's partake together. Glory to your name, Lord. Glory to your name, Jesus. Thank you for the blood, Lord. Thank you for the blood that cleanses us from all unrighteousness. Hallelujah, Lord. We thank you for what you've done on the cross. We thank you for the great sacrifice that you made for us, O oh Lord. And never, never keep us, Lord. Keep our hearts tender to this. Never let it be a ritual. Never let it be a duty. Let it be a glorious honor to your name and to what you've done for us and what you've provided for us. Right now, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we pray that you would remind us of this moment as we go forward this week where we consumed your body and we drank the blood of Jesus. We receive your forgiveness. Raise your hand up this morning. Let's receive forgiveness. Father, we receive your forgiveness. Lord, for those of us who hang on to any unforgiveness to others, we, we ask you, Lord, cleanse us by that blood. And we offer forgiveness to others. And we receive forgiveness from you this morning, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you for the Holy Communion. Praise you, Lord, for this offering that you have given to us by faith. And we love you, and we all say amen. Thank you, Lord. Amen. On that, on God giving to us, let's give back to him. Amen. Come on down, Grace.
escorting you to work today. <laughs> Father, we thank you, Lord, and praise you, Lord God, for your tithes and offering that you're bringing into this place. We pray for your blessing upon your people. We pray for your increase upon us, Lord God. And we pray, Lord God, that you would bless us and bless those that couldn't be here today. Be with them, speak to them. Lord God, prosper them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, I got a little video there that we want to watch and uh, that Joe is going to play for us. And I want us to keep up in prayer, Phil and Ellie, keep them lifted up in your prayers, your daily prayers. Again, lift up each other. Lord God, lift up all the saints around the world that are being persecuted all over the place. So uh, with that, Joe, are you ready? We got a little video here I want you to watch. It's called The Next Few Weeks because we're going to be teaching out of the book of Revelation. And the reason why I want to teach out of the book of Revelation is I know that God spoke to me about a chapter in Revelation this week and showed it to me. But I also thought, you know what? People have a hard time understanding the book of Revelation because a lot of it is done as picture forms and stories and things that you couldn't really understand. And if you were to preach the book of Revelation even 20 years ago, there's things in there that you would not understand. But now, in this present day that we live in, there's things in there that make absolutely perfect sense. <clears throat> I'm going to give you, I'm going to talk about the book of Revelation. I'm going to give you a a little bit of understanding of it before we get into the book. The author of the book of Revelation identifies himself as John, the Apostle John, who was banished to the island of Patmos. Now, if I don't know, if you guys know Patmos, the isle is an island of Patmos. It's near Ephesus. All right? And it is a it was a Roman prison. That's where the Romans sent their prisoners. And it was like a little settlement on the island. And there wasn't good people there. But John was sent there to the island of Patmos on the basis of his testimony of Jesus Christ. Now the book of Revelation was written... About 90 to 96 A.D., that is after Christ's resurrection. Revelation, the book, is addressed to the seven churches in Asia Minor, which is modern-day Turkey, if you don't know. The churches are Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamon, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. Roman persecution of Christians 
was very widespread at the time, and there was false teachings were very prominent also at that same time. So over 2,000 years, not much has changed. <laughs> Later we see the same things that are happening. We are still being persecuted, and there are still false teachers preaching a false gospel all over the place. So not much has changed in 2,000 years. In fact, here's a quote from the Huff Post. We have scarcely skimmed the surface of violence and intolerance to Christians in Muslim worlds. If it should continue at its present rate, Christianity will very soon be completely eradicated in its own homeland. That's a quote. And Christians, just so you know, I looked these statistics up today, Christians around the world are harassed and persecuted in 144 different countries around the world. That's a lot. Christians are the number one persecuted religion in the world. And just think about it. You are a Christian. Doesn't that make you feel warm and cozy? To know that you are persecuted around the world, the number one religion in the world? And the rise of false teachings is getting worse and worse and more prevalent. The Bible isn't the word of God, that it's man's interpretation of it. And there are other ways to heaven besides going through Jesus. And that all you have to do is be good. If you're good, then God's not going to go and let you go and burn in hell. If you're a good person, and then there's the mixing of religions. You know, I used to watch a show with Roxella and Jack Van Empey. And he used to give this warning all the time. Now, Jack Van Empey has gone on to be with the Lord. They used to call Jack Van Empey the walking Bible because he memorized the whole Bible. Now, my wife and I this week have been trying to memorize the book of Ephesus. Ephesians, the book of Ephesus, sorry, I'm still on the churches. <laughs> but the book of Ephesians, and we're not doing too good at it, to be honest. So, but Jack has memorized the whole Bible. And now he's gone on to be with the Lord. But he used to talk about the molding together of Christianity in Islam. And they actually called it Chrislam. And it actually started in a place in Nigeria back in the 1970s. If you look it up, you can find it all out. 
But they're taking the Bible and they're taking the Koran and they're making another book. They're combining them together. You know, when I see all of these uh, stickers, and I've told you about them before, on the back of cars that say co coexist. I'm going to tell you, you cannot coexist with the devil. Sorry. There's only one way that we are ever going to coexist together. And that is under God, the head of everybody. You're either, you either have a choice to serve God or to serve the devil. That's it. There's no middle ground. And Jack Van Impey would go on to say, Woe to you false teachers. Woe to you false teachers. And there's very clear warnings in the Bible about false teachers. <clears throat> but the themes in the book of Revelation, first of all, it's an apocalyptic book. It means it talks about the end times, the apocalypse. It is a book of prophecy. It talks about events to come and events that have already come to pass. And it's also a book that was circulated all throughout the seven churches as a prophetic vision and instruction. Number one theme in the book is that God is in control. Number one theme in the whole book is that God is in control. And I want you to understand that. And I want you to get that clearly in your heart. Because through all the chaos and everything that's going on in the world right now, if you don't want to be tossed to and fro by every wave, every wind of doctrine, every false teaching, every sickness, plague, disease, war, rumors of wars, if you don't want to live a fearful life, then you need to understand and you need to stand on this, that no matter what happens and who it happens to, God is in control. If you have that foundation, then you're going to be able to stand. You're going to be able to stand your ground. If you have that faith, then you're going to be able to stand your ground. You're not going to worry because worry doesn't add one bit to your life. You're not going to be fearful because God didn't give us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of, a spirit of power and of sound mind. Amen? Amen? So remember that God is in control no matter what happens. And even though things are not right with the world, it will soon be right. It also penetrates into the heavenly realm from the earthly realm. That's what the book of Revelation does. So number one, God is in control. Number two, Jesus will return. Our final deliverance will occur at Jesus' return. Our final deliverance from the attacks of the devil when Lucifer, that serpent, that snake, is bound up 
and cast into the pit of the abyss, that will be our final deliverance when he's not able to tempt you or to cause you to sin any longer. Now that will precede a period of unprecedented distress. There's going to be unprecedented distress in this world that we have never seen before happen. There is going to be there is going to be all kinds of supernatural events going on in the cosmics, in the air. There's going to be wars, rumors of wars, plagues and pestilences before Jesus' return. Revelations warns us to evaluate this present in light of the future age. So he warns us to evaluate our own lives. John is telling us, you need to get your life right with God now. Because what's coming, you're only going to be serving God or you're going to be serving the devil. And if you get your life right now, right now, <laughs> and, and choose to serve God, then at the end it's going to be all right with you. Amen? We must decide whose side we are on. We will be judged. You know, nobody likes to hear this, but it's true. We are all going to be judged by God. And we will be judged and either destroyed or we'll be counted as righteous and be rewarded. John's purpose wasn't just to reveal events to come, but to encourage believers in the faith that no matter what comes, that you must remain faithful. We, as a body, must remain faithful. Amen? John, this letter of Book of Revelations wasn't to discourage us but to encourage us to stay faithful. And it was the same to the churches, to the seven churches back then. No matter how extreme the pressures are, and I'm going to tell you the pressures are going to be extreme. There are going to be cosmic events that we have never seen that science is not going to be able to understand they won't have an answer for. There are things happening right now, just like we saw that circle cloud with the rainbows, refractings going on to the inside over Jerusalem, which is the apple of God's eyes, with trumpet sounds blasting. Now they might try to come up with some kind of re reason, science might, an explanation, but we can believe that it's a sign from God. Amen? Amen? And God is all about signs. He's all about giving his people warnings. Do you remember back in 2017 when we saw the sign 
of the woman giving birth in the sky with the red dragon, and there was the red dragon all over the internet? The four blood moons? I still have a picture of the blood moon on my phone somewhere. Number three, salvation is for all. Let me repeat that. Salvation is for all. And when God says all, it means all. All who will receive it. Salvation is not excluded to any people, group, or nation. We are all invited. They are all invited. Every nation, tribe, and tongue is invited. Salvation is for all. Tragically, some from every nation will choose not to follow God. Aligning themselves with Satan, his servants, and the beast. We see that unfolding in the book of Revelation. Amen? It's unfortunate, but it's true. It's going to happen. They're going to be deceived. And people are being deceived even right now, this very day, millions are being deceived. All right, so if you got your Bibles... So that's kind of like the outline of the book of Revelation that we're going to be teaching on and going through the next few weeks, several weeks. <clears throat> no, here's a note I wrote down. We see that those who read the words of Revelation... So those who read the book of Revelation will be blessed, it says in this opening of this book. Not only that, but you'll also get a double blessing if you take it into your heart. By, it's a promise by God. So if you read the book of Revelations, you're going to be blessed. And if you take it into your heart... And you, and you meditate on it, then you'll get a double blessing. So chapter 1, verse 1 of the book of Revelation. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants what must soon take place. He made it known by sending his angel to his servant, John who testifies to everything he saw. That is, the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. Blessed, here we go, blessed is the one who reads the words of this prophecy, and blessed are those who hear it and take it to heart that is written in it, because the time is near. 
John, to the seven churches in the province of Asia, grace and peace to you from him who is and who was and who, who, was, who is to come, and from the seven spirits before the throne, and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth. Okay. So right there in the beginning of the book of Revelation, we see John acknowledges that God is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the last. Who was, who is, and is to come. And we also see there that there are seven spirits that are before the throne. And I asked myself, well, what are the seven spirits before the throne? Right? Who are they? Do you want to know who they are? I did. Isaiah chapter 11, verses 1 through 3, says this. Oh, I'm sorry, Joe, I didn't give it to you. Isaiah chapter 11, verses 1 through 3. I told Joel just to go to Revelation 1, but... I want you to understand who the seven... We're going to break Revelations right down. You know, that's my goal. I wanted to break it down so that way you can understand... That it's not that hard to understand the book of Revelation. And you can understand where we are in time. So, Isaiah chapter 11, verses 1 through 3, says, A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. From his roots, a branch will bear fruit. The Spirit... Of the Lord will rest on him. The spirit of wisdom and of understanding. The spirit of counsel and of power. The spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. So the seven spirits. That are before the throne are number one, you might want to make notes of these, number one is the Spirit of the Lord. Number two is the Spirit of Wisdom. Number three is the Spirit of Understanding. Now, I don't know about you, but I can use every one of these spirits. You know, I can use every one of them. We all need the Holy Spirit. We all need wisdom. We all need understanding. We all need the spirit of counsel. The spirit of power. The spirit of knowledge. And the spirit of the fear of the Lord. Amen? Amen. Those are the seven spirits that are before the throne of God. 
Now back to Revelations. To him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood. We're in verse 5. And has made us to be a kingdom and priest. To serve his God and Father. To him be glory and power forever and ever. Amen. So what did John tell us? Right there. To him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood. For those that accepted Jesus Christ and believe and have washed themselves with the blood of Christ. Just like we take communion, just like we took communion this morning. We washed ourselves with the blood of Christ. It's the blood that makes us clean. Right? It's him who also made us a kingdom. He made us a kingdom and a priest to serve him. So we are all priests in this kingdom for the glory of God, to serve God. Amen? We are a nation. I wrote down here in one of my notes. We are a nation. We might not seem like a nation in our little group here on the hill. But when you put the body of Christ together, it is a nation. We are a nation. Within a nation. There are many of us believers. It makes me think of when Elijah just got done calling down fire from heaven on his altar of sacrifice that was soaked in water. Not only did God consume his sacrifice, but also consumed the 400 false prophets of Baal. Then he ran up to the mountain because he was afraid, and he thought he was the only one left. And God told him, no, you're not the only one. There are 7,000 of them that have not bent the knee to Baal. <clears throat> we might not see the other 7,000 or others around, all of them, but we are part of a nation of God. Amen? Amen. And we need to pray for the saints and the believers around the world. Because there are many who believe and who are not going to bend the knee to Baal. Or the false prophet or the beast. Verse 7. Look. He is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, and those who pierced him. And all the peoples of the earth all mourn because of him, so shall it be. Amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. So right there in those scriptures, we understand that it's not just going to be God's believers that are going to see him coming. 
It's going to be all people on earth. Everyone, the believer and the non-believer. We are all going to see Jesus coming on the cloud. And it says that every knee will bow, every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord. Now, my wife and I have been watching these. Well, I've been watching them. I've been making her watch them with me. <laughs> these movies, unlike being left behind, like called The Vanish and The Remaining, and they're pretty scary. And I'm going to tell you, when we see Jesus coming on the clouds, you don't want to be left behind. It's not going to be a fun time. It's not going to be a pretty time. You want to go with God's people. When the trumpet blasts and the sound is called and God gives his angels instruction to go gather up his elect, you want to be ready to go. Amen? Number nine, verse nine. I, John, your brother and companion in the suffering and kingdom and patient endurance that are ours in Jesus was on the island of Patmos because of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. You know, that's coming, folks. The persecution of the church, it's already here in America. The persecution of standing up for the testimony of Jesus and your faith. On the Lord's day, I was in the spirit and I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet, which said, write on a scroll what you see and send it to the seven churches, to Ephesus, Smyrna, Smyrna, Pergamum, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. I turned around to see the voice that was speaking to me, and when I turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. And among the lampstands was someone like the Son of Man. Now wait a minute. We just learned that the seven church, that the seven spirits, what the seven spirits were. Now, what are the seven lampstands and what do they represent? The seven lampstands represents the seven churches. Right? So the seven churches, the seven lampstands. And among the lampstands lamp was someone like a son of man, dressed in a robe, reaching down to his feet, and with a golden sash around his chest. His head and hair were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were like blazing fire. His feet were like bronze glowing in a furnace. His eyes, his feet were like bronze glowing in a furnace, and his voice was like the sound of rushing waters. In his right hand, he held seven stars, and out of his mouth came a sharp, double-edged sword. His face was like the sun shining in all of its brilliance. 
Now we have seven stars. What are the seven stars? What do they represent? We got the seven spirits, the seven lampstands, and now there's seven stars. Well, the seven stars represents the seven angels of the seven churches. All right, are you with me so far? As I heard a preacher say not too long ago in Morningstar, Chris Reed, are you tracking with me? You know, that's one of his favorite sayings I've learned quickly. Are you tracking with me? Chris Joyner's is, I'm just saying. <laughs> but are you tracking with me? Are you following? Because we need to understand this. We got the seven spirits, the seven lampstands, which are the seven churches. Now we have seven stars, which are the seven angels to each church. Now every church has an angel assigned to it. We have an angel assigned to our church. And isn't it great that our church is on Lord Hill? We're on Lord Hill. How many churches have been built on Lord Hill? This is the only one I know of. Amen? So we're blessed above everything. And not only are we blessed, but we're double blessed because we're going to be teaching on the book of Revelation. And we're triple blessed because we have a church on Lord Hill. Not only that, but we have an angel on the church on Lord Hill. And not only am I preaching to a small congregation, but it's doubled because every person has an angel assigned to them from God. Amen? Amen. So the seven stars represents the seven angels assigned to the seven churches. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. You know, we picture Jesus as this Lamb of God going to be sacrificed on the cross as a man. And he was all of a man. But I'm telling you, when John saw Jesus at the right hand of the throne of God, boy, he did not look the same, did he? John couldn't even recognize who it was, and he fell dead at his feet. And then Jesus placed his right hand on him and said, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I was dead, and behold, I am alive forever and ever. And I hold the keys of death and Hades. Write, therefore, what you have seen, what is now, and what will take place later. The mysteries of the seven stars that you saw in my right hand and the seven golden lampstands is this. The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches and the seven lampstands are the seven churches. So I want you to remember this. We're going to go through the book of Revelation page by page. All right, we're going to teach on it. We're going to understand it. I want God, I want you to come with a heart open 
for understanding. And I want you to be praying for the spirit of understanding so you can understand this and get it in your heart. All right? So next week, we are going to start getting into the churches. Start getting into the churches. The seven different churches. And we'll discuss those. Amen? Amen. So, Father, I thank you and I praise you for this opening day of starting the study and the teaching of your book of Revelation. Lord God, I pray, Lord God, that you would open our hearts as we go forth from here, Lord God. Open our eyes. Lord God, you promise us a blessing, a double blessing for us, not just reading it, but understanding it and taking it into our hearts. Let us hold on to the prophecies. Let us hold on to your word. Let us hold on to your teachings. Lord God, I pray against the devil right now in Jesus' name that he has no place to get into our minds or into our lives. We cast them out. We cast them off this hill. We cast them out of these sermons. We cast them out of these teachings. We cast them out of the lives of your believers here in Jesus' name. And that he has to go and flee, Lord God. And we just pray that our eyes would be open, our ears would be open, and our hearts would be open, open, and our hearts would be soft to your teaching. Lord God. And I just thank you, Lord God, for this day and all your blessings. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 So you guys have a great and blessed day and look forward to coming next week. We get into the seven churches. Amen.